or you think that the guy is going to warm up to you, ease into his subject. He's going to ask a few preliminary opening remarks, and then he'll move into his message. Not so with James. James drops a bomb in the very first, second verse of chapter 1. Look at James 1, verses 2 and 3. James announces who he is, and in verse 2 he writes this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How would you like to get a letter like that? Someone says, this is a letter for me. If you have problems, be happy. Be happy with problems? Some of you are asking, how can you do that? You're kidding, James. There's no way I can be happy. You don't know my situation. In fact, how is that possible? The key for James is the phrase, because you know. Because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So your attitude is determined by your understanding. Because you know, James says, means that your attitude is based on some facts of life. So I'd like to be first to share four facts. Four facts of life that you need to know when you face problems. It will help you with the problems that you have right now. And that you will have in the future. This is what you need to know. Number one. The first fact of life is, in your notes, problems are inevitable. Yeah. Problems are inevitable. See, it does not say if you encounter problems. It says whenever you face problems. You can count on it. You will have them. If you don't have problems, then you better check your pulse. It's a fact of life. Jesus says, in the world, Jesus himself says, in the world you will have tribulation. It's Peter who says, don't be surprised when you have problems. So count on it. Problems are not electives in the school of life. They're a required course. And you don't opt out. In fact, I like Scott Beck's book, The Road Less Travel. The very first sentence in that book is, in your notes, Life is difficult. Life is difficult. How many of you agree with that? Sure. This is why the book is a bestseller. You will have problems in life. Number two, in your notes, the second fact of life, problems are unpredictable. Yeah, problems are unpredictable. Look at James 1, verse 2, whenever you face trials. The word in the Greek, peripetos, means literally when you fall into fall into unexpectedly. In fact, it's the same word that is used in the parable in the New Testament of the Good Samaritan. The man fell into among thieves, and it was unexpected. See, trials are not planned. They are unpredictable. We can seldom anticipate our trials. If we could, we'd probably run the other way. In fact, how many of you plan to have a flat tire? Uh, Tomorrow on the road, I plan to have a flat tire. No, I don't think so. Because they're unplanned. They're unpredictable. Problems are inconvenient when you fall into them suddenly. So number one, problems are inevitable. Number two, they're unpredictable. Number three, in your notes, the third fact of life. Problems are variable. Look at James 1, verse 2. It says that they are trials of many kinds. Problems are variable. They come in all shapes and sizes. See, one thing good about problems 
is that you don't get bored with them. There are a wide variety of them. Have you ever tried to match paint? It's really difficult to have the same shade, the same texture of paint. And the word in the Greek here is poikilois. It actually means multicolored. These are problems of many shades and many colors. They vary intensity. They vary in variety. They vary in their duration. Some are minor inconveniences. Others are major crises. We have all kinds, many more than the 31 flavors. Some problems are custom-made, just for you. I saw a sign that said, into every life some rain must fall. Then it said, this is ridiculous, though. Problems are invariable, inevitable, number one, unpredictable, number two, and number three, variable. Number four, in your notes, the fourth fact of life, what James wants us to really get is that problems are purposeful. Yes, problems have a purpose. Pain can be productive. Pressures produce. Suffering can accomplish something. It has value in our lives. We say, what value? Well, James gives us three purposes of problems in our lives. In your notes, the pro- first, the problem purifies my faith. Look at James 1, verse 3. You know that the testing of your faith, and the word testing was used in the testing and purifying of gold and silver. You would heat up the metal to very hot until the impurities, they all burned off. It was Job that said, God is testing me through the refining fire and I'll come out as pure gold. The first thing that trials do is to test, to purify your faith. In your notes, I've said this before, Christians, Christians are like tea bags. Christians are like tea bags because you don't know what's inside of them, really, until you drop them into hot water. Then it comes out, and you know. Your faith develops when you don't go to, as go, and things don't go as a plan. Faith develops as you are being tested. Secondly, on the back of your notes, the second purpose of problems. Problems fortify my patience. Problems actually fortify my patience. Look at James 1, verse 3. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. James is talking here about staying power. That's endurance. The ability to keep on keeping on. The ability to hang in there, literally. And the word hupo monon literally means ability to stay under the pressure. The ability to stay under your pressure. And we don't like pressure. We do everything we can often to avoid pressure. We run from it. We take drugs. We drink alcohol in large amounts. We go to Disneyland. Just about anything to get away, to escape pressure. But the fact is that God uses problems in our lives to teach us just how to handle pressure. How to never give up. How does God teach you about patience? By making everything go away, by making everything smooth? No way. See, God actually teaches us patience by immersing us in the trials, in those traffic jams of life, in grocery lines, long lines of shoppers. We live in a comfort and convenient society today. Everybody wants things just right now. And I want it now even if I have to charge it. I want it now or you can just forget about it. But endurance today is a rare quality. Find people who have patience, who can hang in there. Vince Lombardi says, when the going gets tough, 
The tough do what? No, they don't go shopping. Problems purify my faith. Problems fortified my patience. But the bottom line, number three in your notes, the purpose of problems in your notes, problems sanctify my character. Yeah, problems will sanctify my character. Look at James 1, verse 4. The testing of your faith develops perseverance so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is, in your notes, God's long-range plan for each one of us, for you. God's ultimate purpose is our maturity. God wants you to grow up in the Christian life. Your character is the bottom line. So many Christians seem to have no understanding as to what God really wants us to do for our lives. You just seem to think that they're overwhelmed by their problems. If you don't get anything else this evening from this message, write this down next. God's number one purpose for your life, in your notes, is to make me more and more like Jesus. Write that down. God's purpose is to make me more and more like Jesus. God is more interested in building my character than he is making me just comfortable. If God is going to make me like Jesus, then he's going to take me through the things that Jesus himself went through. And there were times when Jesus was lonely and abandoned by his friends. There were times when Jesus was fatigued, he was tired. There were times he was tempted to be discouraged. And the Bible says there are two ways that God makes us more and more like Jesus. In your notes, number one, God makes me like Jesus through the word of God and through the sacraments. Through the word and through the sacraments. James says the word makes us more and more like Jesus. It builds our character. It matures us. But even if you read the Bible and worship two hours every single day, There would be many hours that you're not reading God's word. So God depends even more on a second way. A second way to make us more like Jesus. Number two in your notes, through the circumstances of life. Through the circumstances of life. This is what James hits on. Some Christians will say, it's so great that everything is going great. But then problems come. And then they say, maybe God doesn't love me anymore. Maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I've just missed the boat. No way. You're exactly where God wants you to be. Because you're in character-building course. God is making you to be more and more like Jesus. You remember Romans 8, verse 28? Where it says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Then verse 29 says, He predestined us to become what? Conform to the image of the Son of God. God is working to make us more and more like Jesus in all things. And when God is teaching us patience, he puts us into exact opposite situations. God wants to teach you love. He actually puts you around some unlovely people. He wants to teach you joy. He puts you into situations of tragedy and sadness so that you learn joy in that situation. To learn peace, God puts you around chaos where the dinner is burning, the telephone is ringing, the cat attacks the dog, kid's diaper needs dirty. That is where you learn then patience. It's easy to be peaceful on the beaches of Aruba or Tahiti. Patience is taught during times of waiting and delays. So God wants you to be mature. He wants you to be complete and not lacking anything. That's the picture of our Lord Jesus. Four things you need to know. Problems are inevitable. Number two, unpredictable. Number three, variable. Number four, purposeful. 
The three things that problems do in our lives, they purify my faith, they fortify my patience, they sanctify my character. So what do you do? James says that there are two ways to handle problems in your life. In your notes, number one, James says rejoice. You rejoice. Look at James 1, verse 1. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. Now, don't misunderstand what James is saying. James is not saying to fake it. James is not saying to put on a plastic smile and just pretend. How's it going? Oh, it's wonderful when you have worlds falling apart. God never asks you to deny reality. So don't fake it. One guy said, cheer up. Things will get worse. So I did cheer up, and sure enough, the next day things got worse. This is not some psychological pump-up, however, from James. James is talking about masochism either. He's not saying that we should get excited when we get to suffer. Oh boy, I get to suffer tonight. I just love to suffer. This is not what James is talking about. In your notes, then, you don't rejoice for the problems. You do not rejoice for the problems that you have. Rather, you rejoice in, in the problems. You don't thank God for situations. Why should I thank God for all the evil in the world? But I thank God in that situation. Paul says to give thanks to God in every situation, 1 Thessalonians 5. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. The will of God is for you in everything to give thanks. But it does not say to thank, give thanks for everything. Why should I thank God for, see, I have cancer now? Or why should I thank God for the accident that I have? Or thank God for the war that we're in. But in everything, the Bible says, we can give thanks to God. Because we know that God can take the bad in our lives and bring good out of it. So your attitude will make the difference. Look at Psalm 34, verse 1, where the psalmist says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always, always be on my lips. She doesn't say I will praise the Lord when I feel like it. Nor does it say, I'll bless the Lord most of the time. The psalmist says, I will extol the Lord at all times. Even when things are not always going right. Problems will either make you bitter, or problems will make you better. The difference between bitter and better is just the letter I. My attitude, me, will make the difference. Choose to rejoice in the problems. The second way to handle problems in your notes from James, number two. You request. At your request of God, you pray when you have problems. What should you pray for or about? Then just look at James 1, verse 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, James says, he should ask God. And when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. When you and I are in the middle of problems, you should pray. Pray for wisdom. Why? Why should I pray for wisdom? So you will not waste the opportunity that God gives you to grow. If you don't learn through this problem, this time, there's one more lap around the wilderness. God will give you another opportunity to learn and to become more mature. We become overwhelmed when we do not understand what God is doing in our lives. So what is wisdom in your notes? Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. When you're having problems, pray for wisdom so that you can see your life. From God's point of view. There's not a situation in life you can't learn something from. So don't ask why or why is this happening to me. Simply ask what. Why is to purify your faith. The why is to fortify your patience. To sanctify your character. That's the why. 
But what is the what? What do you do, Lord? What do you want me to do? Teach me through this problem. What do you want me to learn? What characteristics can I develop? So James is saying, when he asks, he must believe. You must not doubt. He's saying that faith in Jesus is essential for praying to God. We have a Savior who loved us and gave his life for us on the cross, shedding his blood to forgive us our sins and bring us back to the Father's heart. We are to pray in Jesus' name. Faith and trust in Jesus are essential for praying to God. Faith is needed to see life from God's point of view. In the midst of trials and problems, it's difficult. It's difficult to have a joyful heart. And that's why you need to pray. You pray for two things. Number one, James says, pray for wisdom. Yeah, pray for wisdom to understand the trial that you're going through. Number two, you pray for faith. Pray for faith in order that you can endure the trial. You need both. So James says that we need wisdom in order to know what's going on. We need faith in order to hang in there. To never, never, never give up. And the devil, he wants to use problems to defeat you. God wants to use problems to develop you. God cares about you very much. God sees everything that you're going through. God has your number. God has the very hairs of your head all numbered, the Bible says. That's the good news. God cares. For the sin problem, God gave his son as a ransom for our sins. For all the other problems that we have, God gives us a promise. All things will work for good. To make you into the very image of his son, Jesus. So may your problems purify your faith. May they fortify your patience. May they sanctify your character. Amen.